0: I just have this really strong sense that um, that your generation um, is is blinded is blinded by everything that the world has to offer, and I'm going to be like dead honest, serious with you. Um, it is the uh, the the thing that I'm scared of for your generation. And um, the distractions. Uh, just listen. Everyone has different distractions in here. I'm not going to stand up here and just list all the. Th- you know what they are. You know what. The, you know the things. Um, but we're 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 in this series that I'm so thankful that Eli kind of dreamt up and developed and studied for, and I'm I'm honored to kind of bring the last the last message in this series. But um, in the first week, you know we ask this, this question, This like these questions are, are, are directly aimed at you guys, okay? C.S. Lewis has this line, essentially, I'm going to botch it, but he essentially says, you're either going to say Jesus is one of three things, liar, lunatic, or Lord. And so in the first week, we asked the question, is he a liar? Is Jesus a liar? And there's some people that believe that. Right, there's some people b- that believe that. In fact, different people in different belief systems believe something different about Jesus. Some, some might like be so bold to say as he didn't exist, but there's there's records. Um, some might be so bold as to say like that he faked his death somehow, but there's eyewitnesses that watched him die six hours on a cross, which has been like b- like studied. And I heard. I heard someone. I did not go looking for this. I was just scrolling through social media, and I found a professor talking about, we've we've done the research. We've done the study. Crucifixion is by far the most um, most ugly and the most torturous uh, form of execution. It's um, it's not even just suffocating someone to death over a long period, but but it but it is that, and it's not just harming him and and, and cutting him and all that, but they did do that. And it's not just the, the nails through the hands and the feet, but they did do that, and they watched him, and there are records. But we live this life as if that didn't happen, as if a man who foretold his own death didn't resurrect three days later. So is Jesus a liar? I don't know. Jesus is, if Jesus is a liar, there's a lot of other people that are liars too. There's a whole, there's a whole sinister program. And I just need to like, you guys, know, I'm not going to hold anything back. Like I obviously have not come to the belief that Jesus is a liar. It's interesting that we studied in John, John chapter 8, the first week he foretold his own death. And what's interesting is that it says at the very end of the passage that Eli read that many believed him. If you read through the Gospels, it's amazing to pay attention to how people responded because it wasn't always many believed him. Week two, is Jesus a lunatic? Is he crazy? Is he a mental patient? And we addressed something in John 8 where he's talking about, I before Abraham was, I am. And what we learned about this this story is that the word I am goes all the way back to Exodus and God before before Jesus came in bodily form in, in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a couple thousand years before that, right? There's this moment with, with Moses, and Moses is saying, like, okay, like, what's going on in front of me? There's this burning bush. You're about to call me to do something nuts and, and free the Israelites from Egyptian slavery, And God, speaking to Moses in some supernatural way that no one else has had before, says, like, I am. And and there's this kind of eternality in all of it because I am was true yesterday. He is, he was, he is to come. He's uh, above space and time. He has, like, literally created all of this. Is he a lunatic? I don't think so. I don't think so. And here's what's interesting. Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And you know what they responded with? They picked up stones to throw at him. Because why? What did they think? Whether they thought he was a lunatic or not, they, they, knew, they knew, I'm sorry, from their vantage point, they believed that he was blaspheming or that he was saying something is true about God that's not true or that he was lying and saying that he was God. Okay, so... Here's the deal. Week one, they believed him. Week two, they picked up stones to throw at him. Two different moments, same chapter. Everyone, this is why I love this series, everyone has to answer this question. Now, what I believe is that some people won't answer it in this life. They'll just kind of like live their life and be like, well, it seems to me like you're born and you could choose to live kind of like a fun life. And so what does that look like? doing the things I want to do, living by my own rules. And essentially, there's going to be a day where I'm an adult. I really want to do what I want to do as an adult. And so, what do I want to live? What do I want? How much money do I want to make? What kind of car do I want to drive? And if I can just say it this way, the distractions are so heavy and so high in front of us and so incredibly distracting that we never end up answering this question like, Is Jesus Lord? I believe everyone is going to have to answer this question. I believe, based on what Scripture says, that every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. Do you know what that means? Do you, when we sing those lyrics and when we read those Scriptures, like everyone at the end of their life is going to meet their Maker. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is Yahweh, the God of the scriptures? And it won't be like, hey, what's up? We're going to dap him up. Like you will be on your knees because you will see God for all that he is for the first time. You only got a glimpse on earth. And when you die and you see God for all he is, there won't be any more chances. To confess that he is Lord, it'll be over. Some of you will have chosen with all of your decisions to call him a lunatic or a liar or that he didn't exist. And that's what this whole series is about. In John chapter 8, um, very first couple verses, t- 2 through 11. Um, so this whole series, we've kind of been in John 8. All of the book of John is full of Jesus saying, I am this, I am that. I'm the good shepherd, right? I am the light. I am God. I am, I am, right? I am. Just that statement. Um, at the very beginning of chapter 8, there's a story about um, Jesus' teaching at the temple, and uh, they're going to bring a woman who's been caught in adultery. In fact, we'll, we'll put the verses on the screen Starting in verse 2, early in the morning, he came, again, this is Jesus, to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. So what they desired to do, based on their knowledge of the Old Testament, based on their knowledge of everything that had been written, Right, early, early on, the first five books of the, of the Old Testament, based on that, this woman is to be stoned to death, okay, based on that old law. and the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And listen, we, just, we have no idea what he wrote. But if you if you read up and if you study, it's interesting that a lot of people thought maybe he was writing the actual law <laughs> about, about what the, the law said. And, and, and I love the idea that like maybe as he wrote something in the dust, he could just kind of wipe it away, much like Jesus, like we had the law, and yes, the law said that, but Jesus came to fulfill the law and erase our sins, make them white as snow. So he's writing with a finger in the ground. We don't know what he was writing, but as he was writing, as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. In other words, sure, stone her. That's what the law says. But if you have sin, then maybe we should stone you too. Oh, I didn't think about that. Christians, okay, these aren't like Christians. These are scribes and Pharisees, okay? Okay. Um, But Christians today are really, really good at saying, I don't like the way they live their life, aren't we? Like, we we do it all the time. We're judgy. Even non-Christians, let's just humans, we're good at being judgmental. And that's what's happening here. Because if you have no sin in your life, then throw the first stone. Once more, he bent down and he wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one. Beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Now, here's the really important part: these last two verses, ten and eleven. So Jesus stood up and said to her, "Woman, where are they? Who has no one condemned you?" I, I other verses say, "Where are your accusers?" And what does she say? Yeah, has no one condemned you? And she said, "No one, Lord." Don't rush past that. Look at those three words: no one, Lord. She has this moment where her response is, No one, Lord. She could have said, No one, sir. She could have said, No one, teacher. She could have said, No one, rabbi. But she was saying something in that moment. That's a Greek word. Um, it's uh, like kurios. It's in the English language, it would be K U R I O S, kurios. And it's this term that just means master. Owner or chief. Um, I love that word master because it reminds me that I'm not in charge like a master would be. It reminds me that I don't make the rules like a master would. Because none of us here are masters. We are not the creator. We are not the kings. We are not the queens. We are not, you know, all of that. We are to understand that there is one Lord. And it's Jesus. So Jesus said, and I love this, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, go and sin no more. I want to leave that slide up there for a good little bit because I want to, I want to kind of dissect these two verses. Okay? Um, she has this moment where she's been caught in adultery and um, any of us have had moments, um, call it in the last week, call it, Today, where we've been um, kind of found ourselves in a sinful situation where maybe we are regretful or maybe whatever. And, and it's interesting that we all have maybe different responses when we find ourselves there. But Jesus' um, um, posture towards sinners is compassion where humans, right, specifically religious leaders in this moment, are bringing condemnation. Right, so where, where people in your life might bring you condemnation. Understand, yes, Jesus is Lord. That's what we believe, obviously. That's what we teach. But understand this, like he's... He is both um, the king, he's in charge, he's on the throne, he's the creator, he's more powerful than you could ever understand. He's all those things. Those are those big things that you think of like that you could never imagine. And also like he's your friend and he cares about you and he loves you. And listen to me, student, I want you to listen to this one thing. He's not condemning you tonight. And some of you are looking in the mirror and you're condemning yourself. And some of you got people in your world that are condemning you. Sometimes it seems like Mark is standing on a stage condemning you. I want you to hear Jesus' heart in this moment. It is compassion. It's an invitation to be a part of his family. Now, here's what I love. Because in 2022, it's very unpopular to say something along the lines of you can't do this or you can't do that. It's it's becoming hate speech to simply read the Bible where it says, yeah, we're called to live a certain kind of life. And so what's become popular is this idea that like, you know what, you you live whatever life you want to live. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to live. And here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus in this moment is going to say, I'm not condemning you. I have compassion for you, but also, look at those la- that last sentence go and from now on sin no more. He wasn't saying, I expect perfection, because he, he, he doesn't. It's, it's impossible. But he is saying, you should choose a different path. All those times that you ever sit in a church service and you're like, I disagree with what that pastor is saying. Generally, the pastor is not saying something that you are offended by. The scripture is saying something that you're offended by. Or the Holy Spirit is kind of grabbing onto your heart and saying, you should change, right? You should go, and you should sin no more. But you know what? If Jesus is a liar, you don't have to listen. If Jesus is a lunatic, he's not giving you good advice. But if Jesus is Lord and you ignore that, then you are telling the king of the world, no. Now, I want to kind of break it down for just a second. Some of you would consider yourselves Christians, right? Maybe you've made a decision to invite Jesus into your life because... You want to go to heaven when you die, or you don't want to go to hell when you die, or you think that's what your mom and dad want you to do, or your pastor wants you to do. And whether that, whatever that decision was made up of. If you're a Christian here, essentially what you're saying is, Jesus, you are Lord. Now, some of you in here are not Christians yet. And maybe you're not a Christian because you've just never made that decision, and it's never become all that really important to you. Until these nights when you come to Fuse and you're like, huh, I'm kind of wrestling with this decision to become a Christian. Some of you haven't become a Christian because you're absolutely against something in Christianity. And I'll just say this, you're always welcome here. I'm so glad you're here. And if you ever want to talk, hit me up. I would love to chat. You you can say anything. You can express any doubt. You can ask any question about Christianity. I'm here for it, okay? And our leaders are too. It may be a difficult question. We may not know how to respond real quick. Maybe we're like, ah, I need to do some research on it. We would love to do the research and have that conversation with you. But what I'm I'm talking about right now is out of those of you, I want you to listen to this so clearly. Out of those of you who have not Claimed that Jesus is Lord. I do believe that if you do that for the rest of your life, that you will spend an eternity separated from God in hell because of that decision to live your own life here on earth. And it's like this you're like, well, I've got got this life on earth and I just kind of want to do what I want to do. And what you're doing is you're looking at, like, let's say you live for a hundred years, a good long life. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I want to live 100 years, to be honest with you. Like, that's a long time. Um, 100 years. And then you've got eternity. 100 years is a drop in a bucket compared to eternity. But we're making these decisions. We're saying, yeah, I think you might be a liar. (laughs) I think you might be a lunatic. I don't even know if Jesus is even real. I don't even know. I think scripture is, I think it's all a joke. I think this church thing is all an elaborate scam. What's interesting is that just like the people in scripture who, who faced Jesus face to face, everyone in here, you'll answer this question here and now, or you will answer it on the day that you die. And what scripture says about that moment, I want you to hear me so clearly, is that every knee will bow. So you will call him Lord now, or you will call him Lord Later, before you go to hell. Now, is Mark being judgmental? Is Mark condemning you? No. Mark is telling you the truth that we find in Scripture about what Jesus says and about all the authors in the New Testament read based on what Jesus brought. Now, what I love about Jesus is that we have the law. This woman broke the law. In the Old Testament, you're just reading the Old Testament, this woman should have been stoned. Why didn't Jesus allow them to stone her? Because he came to fulfill the law. And what we know now is that he would end up dying to pay the price for that woman, for the scribes and the Pharisees, and for you and me. Because she did deserve to die. But so did the scribes and the Pharisees. And so do I. I absolutely, I deserve to die right now and go to hell. But because I've placed my faith in Jesus, what he says is he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1.9 says. Can I ask you to bow your head for just a moment? I'm going to invite the band up. We want to just kind of have a moment here to respond. I'd love for all eyes to be closed so you can just focus in this moment. I'll wait for you guys to posture yourself in that way. If you you ask people who have become Christians, just while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you ask them why they became a Christian it generally isn't just because they wanted to fix that issue and not go to hell. Especially adults who've been through some stuff, been through some problems. They had an incredibly personal moment, a life-changing moment with Jesus, where they decided to place their faith in him. They, gave, they said, I surrender. I give up. I know I can't do this life on my own, and I definitely can't make it to heaven on my own. And so here's, I'm just going to ask you a question, okay? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, who do you say that Jesus is? And if you were to die tonight on the way home, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? I have to tell you, I, um, I have a friend who's, um, who's in the ICU intensive care unit. And um, I went to go visit him, and he was uh, unconscious, and he had a tube down his throat to help him breathe, and uh, his color was real bad, and the doctors were saying there's, there's the, he's in critical condition because of a, a condition that he had. Uh, he's a former student of mine from years ago, and he uh, walked away from Jesus. In two thousand nine, and ever since then, I've been lifting him up in prayer and talking to him. And I was sitting there in the hospital room with him Sunday night, and I thought, he's unconscious. Like I can, I can pray for him, but he can't make any decisions right now. And I wondered if maybe before he was unconscious, if he was afraid because he'd rejected God. I just have all kinds of questions. But it broke my heart that a kid who knows the gospel walked away from Jesus because he was mad um, at a couple of different things, the way the church handled some things about his disbelief. And it was just an illustration for me that when it's over, it's over. Now, he's, he's not dead. He is recovering and he's doing well. And I plan to make, make another opportunity to visit here pretty soon. But just as an illustration, I just want you to know, like when it's over, it's over. And so like, if you want to just ignore God, that is your call. I can't make you do anything right now. But for those of you who are like, you know what? No, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to waste another moment rejecting God. Like, I want to place my faith in him, and I want to find my identity in him, and I want to find my purpose in him. I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven when I die, but right now I want to become a Christian. Some of you need to stop fooling around and make that decision. If you want to make that decision, no one is looking around I just want you to slip up your hand. I want to become a Christian. Awesome. Awesome. You can put those hands down. If you're here tonight and that's you and you want to become a Christian, the scripture says this, it's just very clear, that if you confess with your mouth, and you believe in your heart that Jesus was the son of God and that he died for your sins, he rose erected three days later, that you'll be saved. It's just simply, it's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift for those of us who have said, you know what, I need salvation. So I'm gonna pray a prayer. And if you want to make that decision tonight to become a Christian, and I want to tell you, it's a bold step. And if you pray this prayer, you become a Christian tonight. Not because the prayer is special, but because in your heart you're expressing that you want to put your faith in Jesus. So all eyes closed, you just kind of repeat this prayer in your heart. Dear God, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that you are the son of God. I know that you died to pay the price for my sins. And I know that you rose again three days later, defeating sin and death. I want to give my life to you. I want to put my faith in you. Would you save me, Jesus? Amen. For those of us that just prayed that prayer, if I can just say, be the first one to tell you, welcome to the family of God. That's awesome. Like honestly, we should we should like just literally celebrate that that happens. So so praise God for what He's doing tonight. Those of us maybe we. Um, have called Jesus Lord and we've been kind of living on our own, we've, we've said, no, Lord, I want to live on my own. I want to live my own life. Maybe tonight's just a night for you to rededicate your life and say, you know, I don't, I don't want to live by my own standards. I want to live by God's standards. I'm going to pray in just a moment. We're going to sing just a, a little bit of a song to, to kind of wrap up. And I want to challenge those of you who prayed to receive Jesus for salvation tonight. I want you to find me. I'll be up here near the stage. And I would love to uh, just give you some next steps on what that means and how we can help you learn how to grow in your faith. Okay? I want to pray and we'll sing. Heavenly Father, thank you for the work that you've done tonight. Lord, you have moved powerfully. through your word, through your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I want to celebrate. um, (laughs) The scripture says that the angels are partying when people come to faith. Lord, I'm rejoicing that those decisions have been made tonight. Lord, as we sing, Lord, I pray that this is a response time for all of us in some way. I pray that all of us would answer this question, do I believe Jesus is Lord or not? And if I believe he's Lord, what do I need to do? There is a next step to take. So Lord, I pray that you would just continue to move. We just give our hearts to you. It's in your name i pray.